0: Welcome back to the program. Thank you very much, everyone, sending through some lovely birthday wishes. Except for the bloke who said "Happy fifty-eighth birthday," so that wasn't very funny at all. Uh, many happy returns, Smitty, you old bastard. Uh, good on you, Rooster Muzz. All right, uh, let's move now to football. The formal process of finding a new owner for the New Jets is underway. Their executive chairman uh, and former NRL interim CEO Shane Matiski is on the line. G'day,
1: Shane. G'day, Jimmy. It's good to be talking to you.
0: Yes, long time no see, mate. All right, where are we at with the, the Newcastle Jets? Um, January 2021, former owner Martin Lee was stripped of his licence, been run in the meantime by some A-League clubs. Why is now the right time to go to market?
1: Yeah, so that's three years ago we we uh, had a change in ownership and the A-League was, co- of course, going through that transition to split and become the APL and uh, the we had four owners linked to the other clubs that stepped in and with a real focus on doing three things one was to bring some stability to the club second thing was to put the club on a growth path so rebuild the brand bring in sponsors members and we've done all that we've had some we kind of doubled our sponsorship number we're about to hit eight and a half thousand members so there's some real strength there and then the third thing was actually transition to a more permanent owner and so that work's been done in the background, and three years on, uh, now is the time to do that. I think you look into the market, you see uh, not only has there been expansion in the past, but right now you've seen Auckland uh, sell a licence uh, for a good number, and that's we've had an international, a US-based investor come in there for really good money. And then Perth has just only just sold as well. So it's the right time, I think, in terms of investment interest, and, and the game's booming at that participation level. Socceroos, Matildas, of course, fantastic performances. Angels demonstrating the value of not just players but coaches internationally. So the game's in a really good place.
0: Uh, Perth Glory, what was the price there? What was the license fee at Auckland?
1: Well, yeah, both big numbers, uh, both um, in the tens of millions. So, uh, as in, yeah, well, a bigger number, not just starting with one at the beginning. Uh, so confidential, but these significant values, right? right. So. There is real value in in the A League, and, and interestingly, you're seeing real interest in these expansion licences. So, of course, Canberra is the other one that's being looked at, but Auckland's now locked down, and I, and it sounds like there's real interest, good strong interest in the Canberra licence as well. So that's that's all part of the A League expanding out to 14 teams, and you've seen expansion in the women's competition as well. And that's, I think, you know, that reflects what's happening in the women's game at the moment, which you know, you're seeing not just um, I think in this region, we've got 26% of all players are female. And the Matildas, of course, are, you know, I think Australia's favourite team now. So <laughs> that side of the game's good and, yeah, very strong, right? And, uh, yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of interest, corporate interest. Um, the broadcast model, I think, been challenging for a little while, but Paramount, the product now is far, far better this year. Uh, we'll get, we've got some good support from Channel 10. so across the board, the game's, I think, in you know real position now where we're that investment that's come through and, you know, to talk business, I guess, Silver Lake, a big private equity company's stepped in and taken a piece of the A-League as well and shown some confidence that they see growth as well. So all that's now coming together and about to take off.
0: Uh, All right, I've got four potential buyers, as in four types of buyers, high net worth individual, hopefully, or uh, most likely local. Uh, A model like uh, City Football Group where another club comes in and uh, uh, works with the Newcastle Jets as a feeder system. Uh, Private equity you just mentioned. Or the fourth one is um, personality slash um, star-driven a la Wrexham uh, in Welsh football with Ryan Reynolds. Which one do you think is most likely or most preferred by the Newcastle Jets, Shane?
1: Oh look, they're all interesting, and there's, there's <laughs> benefits to all them. I think uh, the yeah Rec- Wrexham's, yeah that's you know that's been a great example of the you know the the power that a profile can bring. I think the Rabbitohs are probably a good example of that as well, right? With with Frosty, yep. um, the multi club model. You're right, it, it can work really well, and you know the the difference with football compared to Mild world of rugby league is there is real value in transferring players. Overseas, so the, the Mariners, for instance, would have made around two million dollars last year in player sales alone. So that's significant money, and if you're sitting in Europe or maybe the US and you look to that, there's benefit to you if you can be part of that pipeline, right? And and perhaps you're going to move your players, your developing players down to the Australian competition, toughen them up in quite a physical competition, and then bring them back, or you get access to the play pool here and. Uh, we've seen, you know, both on the men's and women's side, right? The performance of soccerers and Matildas have demonstrated that there's real talent here, and I think, you know, that along with managers like Ange showing what he can do with Australian mm. talent, means that there is more focus here. Uh, so, yeah, both those models are good. Uh, look, you know, there's there's across a number of different sports that sort of high net worth individual that might come in and take ownership of a club. You know, that, that's that's got real merit. Of course, um, as long you know, you need of course them to have a long term view. But there's plenty of examples of clubs here in the market that you know have got that benefit. Um, and uh, yeah, and then local interest is the other one. And uh, Newcastle is a club that's got a very strong connection to the community. It's a club that's got great heritage. Football's got great heritage here, by the way. Like that was, that's one thing I've learnt in my time is football started here in Newcastle in 1884. So Well before Rugby League was even founded, football was here, you know, brought in by the miners, and it's a working class town, but that that blue collar is starting to fade to be a little more white, you know, the beaches and restaurants and everything, our players were enjoying all that, but it is a community club and there's a lot of people that care about football in this community and uh, that's, you know, that could be that someone comes out of this community and wants to support the club and uh, you know ensure our future is strong in terms of growth and uh, competition on the field.
0: Does the time zone and the conference that it plays in Newcastle Jets does it lend itself to a, an Asian buyer and and any one of those models that we just talked about I've always thought that that's a great opportunity for uh, an A-league club with a with a either as I say a strong Japanese club as a parent owner or indeed an individual. Uh, high net worth individual out of Asia.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one. It definitely, like the player pathway, Seems there's real interest in Australian players going into Asia. Uh, our former coach, actually, Arthur Pappas, has just gone to coach a team in Thailand in that competition. He'd come to us right. from a Japanese competition. So you're seeing a shift in coaching talent and playing talent between Asia and here. Uh, we've got, in, in fact, you know, Newcastle's, a city that's it's booming in terms of its economy, and a lot of that's driven out of uh, well, you've got the economy of the past, coal, but there's a real focus on green energy and hydrogen, and that's meant that there's a lot of Japanese and Korean interest in the city now. Um, yep. So it, it could be that there's interest that may come, you know, f- through that area, and of course the the football environment, the J1, J2, even J3 competitions are very very strong. And they're developing talent now going into, like Ange has shown, uh, the, he, he's demonstrated the importance, the, the skill of the Japanese players and everyone's switching onto that as well. So they're absolutely models that we would look to mm. and uh, yeah, we, we would it would be great to see interest come out of those markets. We're certainly trying to, to prompt some interest out of those markets
0: yeah i remember hearing about a korean baseball team that was down here playing in geelong i think it was or in in victoria somewhere and um they streamed the game back to korea because of the great time zone etc there was over a million people watching it streaming so like it's just incredible the the uh, audiences up there last question i'll uh, ask you shane um when it comes to the sale and then there's uh, an injection of capital what's more important how do you work it between grassroots? And the development of players, and maybe spending money on a Marquee player that's going to get you some bums on
1: seats. Yeah, look, the focus has to be. You know, I talk a lot about sustainable growth, and and you've got to be competitive, but that can, competition, that level of competition, has got to be sustainable. And so, I'm probably someone who isn't a big fan of the you know the big splash on a million dollar player. That gives you a kick right now, and then that player goes overseas with his pockets full of money and disappears again. Uh, mm. We're really focused on developing youth, and we've got a bigger, we've actually got the biggest academy. I think Mariners have only just stepped up to the same level as us in terms of having a men's team, women's team, uh, and then we've got 13 youth teams underneath that. So there's no other club in, in Australian football, and I, I doubt even within rugby league or AFL there wouldn't be a club that's running 15 teams within the professional entity so that's we've got real strength in that youth structure and our development structure we're representing all of northern New South Wales so our future is really about making sure that we're developing that talent that's here we supplement it where we need to and but we want if we can do that and build that pipeline then that's that's the right economic model for us I'm not not saying that you know, If you've got a billionaire that came in and wanted to splash out on a big player, that, that would be their decision. But sustainable, a sustainable, successful future for us has got to be built out of local players developing, developing them into real talent. And that drives community engagement as well. Because, Jimmy, you know what the Knights are like. It's the same for us. Yeah. You know, the people here in this Newcastle community, the Hunter region, they want to see locals out. They want to see young talent developing. And that's what we're focused on. Uh,
0: Very interesting, uh, the way this will play out. Uh, Lots of opportunities there by the sounds of it, Shane. Great to have a chat, mate. Good to catch up. And we wish you all the very best with the process.
1: Thanks, Jimmy. And was it your birthday, mate? Happy birthday, if it was. Oh, Shane. Oh,
0: God love you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, mate. Uh, It is. Uh, Shane Matiski there, uh, Executive Chairman of the Newcastle Jets. So there you go. If you want to buy a footy club, there's your opportunity. Uh, Any high net worth individuals, listening up there in the Newcastle region. I'm talking about you, Andrew, from Manly Weather. All right, let's get ourselves to the news, and then we're back with a score update with Coach K.